Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Malachi chapter 4, if you can remain standing for the reading of the word of God. Such an honor to be here thankful for the presence of God, thankful for the power of God. He is so worthy. He's worthy of it all. Oh, he's worthy of it all. Oh, he's worthy of it all. God, we're thankful for this group of people. Matt says it every week. If you're a guest, it's a big deal you're here. It's not a small thing. It's a big thing. Amen. So we welcome you. I'm honored to be here. I don't get to be here every Thursday, but I'm thankful when I do. And it just takes it to another level to be able to preach the gospel while I'm here. I love to say this. I'm, I'm about as ordinary of a person as you can get. I'm just a hillbilly from eastern Kentucky, really. You can hear my accent already, you Ohioan people. But half the people from the southern Ohio are from Kentucky, so I don't know why you make a big deal about it anyway. I'm just an ordinary person, amen. But God uses ordinary people. There's a, there's a scripture, I think it's Acts 4 and 13, and the Bible says that the people who saw the disciples saw the power of God manifested through them, but it says, but they also understood that they were ordinary people. Man, I'm not perfect. I'm not the smartest. Oh, I come humbly tonight. Man, if you get close enough to me, you'll probably want to run away and never listen to me preach again. Hallelujah. Praise God. And really, that's the case with all of us. Amen. But God comes even in our weakness, even though we are ordinary. But I love what the last part of that verse says in Acts 4.13. It says, um, but they knew that they had been with Jesus. You want to know what I pray for this group of people, Kyle? I pray that this group of young people, young adults, adults, that we wouldn't be known by our titles. That we wouldn't even be known. I hope you don't know me for the ministry. That I don't want to be known as missionary. I don't want to be necessarily known as apostle or prophet Chandler. You want to know what I want to be known as? I want people to see me and know that I've been with Jesus. Amen. And I pray that every person in this room, if you don't know anything else tonight, I pray that you see a group of people that have been with him. Oh, he's alive. Amen. He's alive. Amen. And he is the reason why we're here. Oh, we lock eyes with you, Jesus, for you are worthy of it all. I got a spoiler, a spoiler alert tonight. I'm preaching about Jesus. You're going to hear Jesus about a hundred more times. And if it gets into your spirit, why do we sing the same chorus of a song over and over again? Because you don't get it the first time. That's why I love black gospel music. They'll be singing the same thing for 10 minutes. Amen. How, why? Why do they do it? Why do we do that? It's because we don't get it the first time. But the more you begin to speak his name, the more you begin to sing about communion with God, the more you begin to say, Jesus, I need you, the more in your spirit something begins to break. Amen. Malachi, Malachi chapter 4, amen, verses, verses 1 through 6. I do want to say that we honor Sister Jess. Come on, can we give it up for the first lady of the house? 
We honor Pastor Matt. We've already prayed for him. We know that, uh, that they're having a move of God down there. Um, I, was, I was preaching last weekend up in Troy, Ohio. Had a, had a burn session for 12 hours. And I just want to honor the, my Haven family who came out and helped us in that burn session. Thank you for the bottom of my heart. The ones who came out for Saturday night service, thank you for your guys' support and help with me. And really, that burn session just laid the foundation of a revival that broke out there. So we praise God for that. Amen. I just want to say thank you for that. Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Come on, give it up for Mallory again. Come on, birthday girl. Come on, give it up for We appreciate her tonight. Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says, come on, tune into the word of God with me. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And that day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But listen to this verse. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked. For they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. I love this. Tune in right here because this is the last chapter of the Old Testament. The Old Testament concludes like this. Talking about the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Talking about such victory that's coming that the enemy is going to be turned into ash. Oh, come on. So these are actually the last four, six verses of the Old Testament. So that means it's pretty important that God says, I want these last six verses right here to define what the Old Testament going into the New Testament is going to be about. And listen to this last verse. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. I want to preach on this subject tonight, the miracle of the broken. The miracle of the broken. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. God, thank you for this anointed worship team. God, thank you for your presence, for the exaltation of Jesus in this house. Father, we know you are pleased with only one, and his name is Jesus. Let him be lifted high. Let him be manifested. God, help us as we preach. Lord, speak through us. Let Jesus in us speak to these people. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. As you're seated, give, give Jesus a great hand clap of appreciation. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Come on, you can even do better than that. Give him, give him a good hand clap of praise. The miracle of the broken. The miracle of the of the broken. If I could think back to the shining, uh, greatest moment of my illustrious um, basketball career, I think of this one moment, okay? It's not uh, playing intramural uh, uh, basketball when I was in elementary school. It's not sitting the bench because I was not good enough to play in middle school. It was not, um, not even playing in high school because my mom was afraid that the older kids, that's, that's, that's not my defining moment. 
My defining moment in my basketball career, as you can tell, that wasn't so great, was a couple years ago in a land far, far away, a land called Base Camp. Has anybody been to Base Camp? That's a foreign land. That's a land. That's a desert land. That's a wilderness land, okay, right there. And it was after a camp, I think the name of it is Elevate. Does anybody know what Elevate is? And we had just had a great move of God, and uh, man, we had been there for three or four days, and Matt, Pastor Matt and I, and I can say this because he's not here, had been talking the whole week, well, we're going to play a game of one-on-one, amen, and we're going to see who wins at the very end of camp. So all the campers had left, all the staff had left, everybody had left, but, but there we were. There was only one person there with us. His name was Kyle Ruth. Kyle Ruth, can I get an Amen. He was there, glory to God, amen, and there he was, the only ref to, to, to uh, ref the football match, which, which became us playing a game of one-on-one. I'll have to admit, the first five minutes, things looked bleak for Brother Robbie Grubbs, okay? Matt got up six to one on me, Sister Jessica, but Matt's getting a little older now, and he started to uh, suck in some more air, and his sides started to hurt, and uh, suddenly I went on about a seven to one run and it was tied up it was like seven to seven eight or eight and I came back that 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 final last half and the crowning shining moment of my entire basketball career culminated when I did a little floater off the backboard and beat Matt Wilson hallelujah I just got to relive that can I tell you, I love basketball. I, I, I had to just replay that back in my mind, but I say that to say this. You know, I'm a couple years older now, and maybe I'm the old man now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I was preaching a youth camp this last July, and um, I was there uh, serving for teen camp. It was junior high camp, a bunch of middle school students. And uh, I preached the first night, like 12, like 12 young people got saved. Can we give God glory for that? I mean, it was awesome service. But when God starts moving, the devil starts working. Somebody say amen. So the next day, I'm doing like I always do. Baller's going to ball. Player's going to play. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to get out there with them. So it wasn't anything intense. These kids are like half my size, but there's other counselors there. And, and halfway through this game that we're playing in the afternoon, I go up. Listen, I'm as white as you can get. I am pasty white. I am toothpaste white. I go up like, I, like I'm acting like I'm going to dunk it, Kyle, but there is no way. I'm like six inches away from even being close to the rim. This other guy who's, who, who just graduated high school, he's 6'5", I mean a string bean. He runs up. He doesn't know that I'm joking, collides with me, throws me off balance, and when I land, I land awkwardly on my left leg, and it immediately snaps my ankle. I heard it snap. I wish Brady Hill was here. He's like, it's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. Immediately, like I hit the ground praying in tongues because I knew I was like, oh, God, you got to heal this there. He didn't heal it there. They rushed me to the ER, and they said, well, you broke your ankle, but the force of that break was so great, it went up your leg bone and out your leg bone, and you broke your leg too. And if you've been here the last six months, you've seen me hobbling around. Amen. Oh, but I can testify that I'm good now. Amen. I'm almost out of physical therapy. Hallelujah. But 
A week after that, I broke my leg. It's broken. I'd never broken a bone in my entire life before, played all my life, and there I was. I can remember for two or three months laying in my bed, waking up every day saying, God, did I really? There is no way that I just broke my ankle. A week later, they took me back to operate on me. They put two metal plates and like nine screws in my ankle, and literally December was the first time that I could really start walking on my ankle. I tell you that story to say this. It's not fun to be broken. It's not fun to go through a break. Amen. It's not fun for something in your body to be torn to pieces, but my ankle was. And you want to know what's the truth? It would have been very easy for me to lay in my bed those two months as a, as a broken boy and depression come in, suicide come in. I mean, literally I had to move back in with my mom and my mom had to help me shower. She had to help me around the house. She had to feed me. I hadn't been home that much since high school. She loved it, but I didn't like it. Amen. I, if you know me, I'm completely go, uh, go, go, go. It would have been easy for that darkness to envelop me. Amen. But can I testify to you about the goodness of God? There was not one moment during those three or four months where I felt one ounce of depression, where I felt one suicidal thought, where I was anxious one time. Why do you say that? Because I want to tell you that even in your weakness, God's strength can be made manifest. Amen. And just because we may be broken does not mean that God can't get his glory. Hallelujah. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. Jesus says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. Did you know that the power of God is demonstrated through your weakness? It's not demonstrated through your talent. It's not demonstrated through my ability to speak. It is demonstrated through, through, through how incapable I am to even live this life. Can I testify just one more thing? During those two or three months laying on my back, not being able to move. Amen. During those two or three months, there were visitations with the Holy Spirit, Jessica that I had never had in my life. I, I can honestly say I've never felt the anointing and the power of God that I did laying in my bed a broken mess. Why? Because your brokenness is the gateway for the power and the glory of God to be made manifest in your life. It was during that time God spoke to me, Psalm 51, verse 8. Oh, can I preach to you for a moment tonight? It says in Psalm 51, verse 8, make me to hear joy and gladness. Listen, I'm literally laying in my bed asking God, Brother Scott, to give me a word, and he brings me right here. Psalm 51, verse 8, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Can I tell you, the, if you just open up your Bible and ask him to speak to you, you don't need a word from a prophet. You don't even need me up here. But God can speak to you. And literally, I had a broken leg reading this, and I almost shouted out of my bed that night because I knew that God was saying, Robbie, you're not healed yet. But even though you may not be healed yet, you can still give a glory and a praise and a worship to God that you could not if you were whole. I want to prophesy to somebody here tonight. I can stand here today and let my bones that were once broken rejoice. You want to know what God says tonight? God says that there's coming a day when your broken places will rejoice again. You may not have a broken ankle. You may have a broken heart. 
You may have a broken family. You may have a, a, a broken mind. You may have broken emotions. But can I tell you, if you make yourself vulnerable in the presence of God, out of that broken place, the power of Jesus, the power of Christ can come and flow out, and you can know God in a brand new way. Hallelujah. But notice what it says. The bones weren't healed when they rejoiced, Rosa. They weren't mended. Amen. They weren't put back together yet. Can I tell you, you may say, well, I'll worship God when my heart's put back together. Well, I'll rejoice in God when I know things are, no, the Bible says there's a special praise. There's a special worship that even when you don't feel it, even when you're not healed yet, even when you're not put back together yet, you can still give God a praise. And I wish somebody would stand up in this house and say, God, I know a part of me is broken. I know I'm not completely put back together yet, but you're worthy of a broken praise. Come on, I'll give you 60 seconds tonight to give God a broken praise. I may not be fixed yet. My mind may not be fixed yet. My heart may be broken, but Jesus, there's a praise that only my brokenness. Come on, come on, press in for a second. Press in for a second right there. I don't have to feel you. I don't have to have a healing right now. God, in my brokenness, God, let there be a worship that comes out of me. The miracle of the broken. What's the miracle? The miracle is this. God may have been the very one to allow and permit your brokenness to happen. Why? Because the greater the brokenness, the greater the breaking, it means the greater the power, the greater the presence, and the greater the purpose that comes. I can't help but to think about that woman who had that alabaster box. Amen. And the Bible says she was around Jesus, and she, she felt so unworthy. But what she had, what she held dearest, she said, I don't feel like I can give Jesus everything but this is my everything and the Bible says she broke open her alabaster box it was a broken praise it was a broken worship what does the oil inside the alabaster box represent it's the Holy Spirit and the Bible says the only way for that oil to flow in our lives is to say God let me break myself in your presence again so the power of God can flow the greater the brokenness, the greater the breaking, the greater the power, the greater the presence, the greater the per I wonder if you'll dare to give God a broken praise tonight. He, he may not heal you. He could heal you. He may not heal you. He could mend things back together. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But can I tell you there's a miracle in the broken. There's praise that can come from a broken place. Let's look at Malachi. Malachi is the very last book in the Old Testament. Chapter 4 contains the very last verses of the Old Testament. What does God pin on these concluding lines? He pins a prophecy of what is to come. Now remember, this is very important right here. After the book of Malachi, there are 400 silent years in the world. Somebody look at your name and say, that's a long time. Come on, somebody look at your name and say, that's a long, long time. No more prophecies during these 400 years, Brother Russ. No more fire in the temple. 
No more prophets speaking what thus saith the Lord. Can you imagine living in the silent years of the world? I, I, I thank God tonight that he can speak to me. That I can experience fire and burning and his word and his presence in my life. I thank God I don't live during that time. During this time, the new temple would face greater uh, corruption. The Roman Empire would take over Israel. God's people would be enslaved again. Listen, brokenness would continue to reign in the world. But God speaks these things through a prophet named Malachi. God knows the brokenness that the world is about to slip into. He knows the silent years that they're about to face. But he brings out Malachi the prophet and says for 400 years it may be silent, but you can look back to these verses right here during silence time and a broken time and prophesy that God's word does not lose its power. It will do what it comes to do. Listen, there, there's, a, there's a few things right here that we've got to understand. Malachi, it's still relevant for us. He says this in verse 2. There's coming a day when the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. God prophesies that Jesus is coming to heal that which was broken. Before 400 years of brokenness, did you know before you even went through brokenness yourself, God was already making a way for you to be healed after you get through the valley of the shadow of death, after you go through the pain, after you go through whatever, God has already set up your escape. And you want to know why you're here? You may be broken, but can I tell you that there's a path through a Red Sea, there's a path through the wilderness, and if you get on that path, God will put you back together. Now, now, why, now, why would Jesus, that's who he's talking about there, why would he come, Isaac, with healing in his wings? He's coming with healing in his wings because there's a broken world that he's attracted to. He wouldn't have to come with healing if there was no broken people. Amen. He wouldn't come in that characteristic of himself. Can I give you just a revelation of the Lord here tonight? A revelation of who Jesus is. Did you know that Jesus is attracted to the broken? He is. You know why he left heaven and bankrupted heaven for, for, the, for 33 years to come to this earth and go? Because he saw our brokenness. He saw your brokenness. He saw your messed up family. He saw your messed up mind. And he said, there's something in me. There's something in my healing that is attracted to their brokenness. Can I tell you, the more broken you are in this room tonight, the more, the closer you are to the healing wings of Jesus Jesus proclaims I did not come for the whole I came for the sick I came for the broken you know you know Jacob I feel I feel pretty whole tonight I feel pretty healed up tonight that means if you're more broken than me, then Jesus is nearer to you than he may even be to the preacher. I'm not sad about it because you've got to have an encounter with God. Nothing else can stitch you back together. Nothing else can bring you up out of your situation. But Jesus with his healing. 
You may be on drugs. You may be depressed. You may have thought about taking your life yesterday. 2021 may have been the worst year, worse than last year. You may say, I don't feel put back together. But I want you to know, if that's you, Jesus is right where you are saying, I'm close to you. The Bible says this. There's, his disciples ask him about a lame man. Mallory, they, they ask him, is it, is it their family's fault that, that he's disabled? Is it, is it his family's fault? Is it their sin that caused him to be blind, that caused him to be crippled? Or is it his own sin? Jesus looks at the disciples and says, neither is right. He is this way because God allowed him to be that way. Why? To manifest the glory of God. There's another verse in Exodus chapter 4, I think it is, where, where Moses is talking to God and he says, God, I can't speak right. Why are you telling me to go talk to people? And God looks back to Moses and says, who made the dumb? Who made the blind? Who made those that aren't whole? He said, is it not I? I made those. Listen, you may be broken tonight. You may not be whole but can I tell you then you're a perfect candidate to know the glory of God and the power of God and the fire of God somebody whole doesn't need it but somebody that says I'm a broken man I have needs can know revival can know revival can know the power I wonder if there's anybody that says God let us have a broken revival tonight God take that in me which is broken and produce a revival that changes all my life. Jesus is attracted to your brokenness. The Bible says in the Old Testament that God is revealed as Jehovah Rapha. He's my healer. Amen. You want to know that that literally means like it gives a word picture. He is the God who stitches things back together. Man, there's there's some open wounds in the house, Andrew. There's some open wounds in the house. And you may be bleeding out. You may need a blood transfusion. It may have been going on for years. Oh, but I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. Oh, this Jesus with healing in his wing. This Jehovah Rapha who Listen, the surgeon is here tonight. Amen. He has his suture kit. Amen. And he's wanting to stick his needle in your womb. Listen, friend, it may hurt at first. But the longer you allow Jesus to operate on you, Tiffany, and bind those wounds and put things back together the more that wound begins to close and the more the power of God can come to your life oh I say great surgeon oh do it in me put our put our open wounds back together oh Jesus oh he's healer tonight He's physical healer. If you need a physical healing in your body, I want you to stand up right now. I want you to stand up right now. I need a physical healing. Be healed. Come on, raise up your hands, Andrew. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Son of righteousness, Ariel, lift up those hands. Be healed in the name. Tiffany, receive it right now. Oh, God, stitch it back together. Stitch it back together. Oh, God, let those wounds 
Come on, come on. Somebody stretch your hands for these people and say, God, stitch it back together. Jesus, stick it, uh, God, God, stitch it back together. God, let healing come. Son of righteousness, those broken places. God, heal every wound. He's a supernatural God. He is the God of the impossible. You won't leave the way you came. You won't walk back out those doors. Oh, but God is here. Oh, to move in the broken. Come on, Andrew. God's putting your mind back together, Andrew. Chandler, lay hands on him. In the name of Jesus, you're not a failure. You won't give up. No regret. No condemnation. Oh, he's a man of God. There's healing in his wings. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead, Wyatt. Wyatt, go and lay hands on him. Go and lay hands on him. Say, Jesus' name. Jesus be exalted. Oh, healer. Oh, healer. Ariel, just take a walk two or three times around this middle section. Lift up those hands and say, God, with your wings of healing, I receive it tonight. Oh, God, we won't leave the same. God, we won't leave the same. Come on, somebody give Jesus glory. Oh, healer. Oh, manifester. Oh, supernatural God. God. Son of righteousness, he arises. Jesus arises right now. Jesus arises right now. He arises right now. Let him arise in your heart. Let him arise in your faith. God, if you said it, I believe it. I believe your word, God. Jesus. 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 Come on, there's somebody in the house, you have stomach problems, you have stomach issues. I want you to lift up your hands and say, God, I receive my healing in my belly where the river flows. Oh, there must be life where the fire flows. No sickness can stay. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. I said there's healing in his wings. Mallory, I want you to lift up your hands right now in the name of Jesus. God healing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. God, God, I come against seizure. God, I come against God, mind, God, principalities and powers. Oh, God, peace. Oh, God, power. Oh, God, body. Line up to the will of God, the power of God, son of righteousness. In Jesus' name. He 
He's attracted to your brokenness. He's attracted to your brokenness. Come on, you can either hide your brokenness tonight or you can just say, God, I'm not trying to put on a mask. I'm not trying to be fake. I need you, Lord. I need you in this brokenness. God, touch me. Touch me, touch me, touch me, touch me, touch me. Come on, keep on praying if you're praying. But listen, he just doesn't say he's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Listen, listen to this right here. G. Malachi says by the Holy Spirit, there's coming a day when you shall tread upon the devil. That's what the word says. You shall tread upon the devil. But he just doesn't stop that tread. He says, but you will also, but that enemy will also be so defeated that he will turn into ash. Hear me tonight. There's not just victory in this house. You're not just going to sling your, your stone and knock Goliath down. But can I tell you the Bible says you're going to knock the enemy down, but then the fire of God is going to consume that enemy to ash, and he's never coming back again. You know what the issue is for many people? You knock something down and you don't let the fire of God consume it. Amen. If you don't finish off the job, I feel a finishing power. I felt it in the worship service. Jesus says, it is finished. I declare it in this house. Whatever victory you need, it's not coming back. Cut it off. Let the fire of God. You know, there's, there's a different. The Bible says he's won the victory. I want you to stay with me right here. He's won the victory. It's, it's already been won. It's already been purchased. Nothing that you did. But there's a difference in understanding the victory and operating in that victory that he's given you. I could, I could give Kyle a pair of clippers to shave his head off. Hair, not head. Hallelujah. But if he never, he can hold the clippers. He can look at the clippers. He can charge the clippers in an outlet by the wall. But unless he turns it on and says, now it's mine, I can do whatever. Listen, many of us in this room, Brother Nate, know the gospel. We know Jesus. And we're holding him in our hands. We're like, oh, precious Jesus, I love you, but I'm still broken. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I prayed a little bit. No, friend, can you activate Jesus in your life right now? Can you say, God, I'm not just going to hold on to you and look at you, but I'm going to put the word into action. If the Bible says it, if Jesus says it, the Bible says in Mark 16 that in his name we shall tread upon serpents. We shall lay our hands on the sick and they be healed. We shall prophesy and speak in newt. We can drink any, uh, any deadly thing and it will not harm us. But if you don't put that into action, hallelujah. When I was, when I was preparing this sermon, I could almost see in my spirit a valley of defeated foes. Amen. A valley of defeated demons, Chandler. 
all laying down there and that they've already been defeated. Oh, but I almost hear in my spirit, that's victory. But then there's victory, victory, amen. And as I begin to see that valley, Sister Jess, I could see the power of the Holy Ghost begin to fall with fire and consume those dead demons to the point of no return. What is turned to ash cannot come back. I don't care how much duct tape you use, Titus. I don't care how much Elmer's super glue you use, Titus. If you take a pile of ash and try to glue things back together, it doesn't matter how good your grandma is, Jake, at stitching holes back together. No, when it's turned to ash, guess what? It's never coming back the same way. There's a never coming back anointing that God says, if you are walking by victory. Jesus, you may be seated for just a moment. You're going to not just have the victory. You're going to walk on that ash. The final verses summarize the entirety of the Old Testament. God says there's coming a day when a new Elijah, hallelujah, when a new Moses, when a new prophet, when a new covenant will come and restore God's people and heal their hearts. His name is Jesus. Oh, Jesus is the new Elijah. Jesus is the new Moses. Jesus is the new prophet. Jesus is the new covenant. Jesus is the new restorer. Jesus is the new healer. His name is Jesus. And the Bible says with the concluding chapter of Malachi of the Old Testament that Jesus is going to come and he's going to turn the hearts of the children back to the Father. And he's going to turn the Father back to their children. Can I tell you there's an anointing in this house to put your family back together to put every to put every relationship back together and if you let this Jesus do it doesn't matter how broken your life is oh God you know you have two options tonight Kayla you have two options tonight you can let your brokenness Push you away from God, or you can let it push you towards God. Brokenness gives us an opportunity, Sister Rhonda, to know Jesus in a way we've never known him before. Can I tell you that from the age of like when I was born, one, till maybe when I was 16 or 17, I didn't have my biological father in my life. It's hard. And I had two options. And I chose option one for 16 years. Become bitter. Become angry. Have a hard heart. But at 16, I took Jesus at his word. And Jesus said, I can be your father. And at 16, there was a shift that happened in my heart, Brother Scott, happened in my mind. And instead of letting my brokenness, my father still wasn't there. But guess what? Now I shifted my brokenness to the throne room of heaven, to a Jesus that says, I can become anything you need me to be. I can be your father. I can be your mother. You may not know how to, how to walk as a, as, a, as a man of God. You may not know how to raise children. You may not know how to do these things. But can I tell you, Jesus is the best teacher. He's better than any earthly father. He is better than earthly any earthly person. Hallelujah. 
Kobe, he can be your father and your mother. Wounds can't stop God. Doubt can't stop God. Kobe, you're going to be a good father. You're going to be a good father. You're going to be a good father. Not because of you. Not because of anybody else. Not because of a good mentor. But because you've sought God. You've let God change your life. Listen, your family's not going to be broken. God's going to use you. Power's going to fall. Your hands will mend together. God will use you to stitch things back together. He's a good father, Kobe. He's a good mother, Kobe. He's a good God, and he's going to use you. Chandler, doesn't matter how broken your house is. The Bible says stand on that word, Malachi chapter 4. He will in the last days turn the hearts of the father back to their children. Amen. The children back. Oh, Chandler, no matter how bad it hurts, no matter how bad you wish, the situation was different. God had a plan. God has a purpose. There's a reason why you're not in Tulsa. There's a reason why you're in that house. And it's for the glory and the salvation of those family members. Oh, God, it's for somebody else in this house. Don't run away from your broken family. Say, God, let me know you. Let me know your wholeness so I can show my family your wholeness. Man, that's revival. That's revival. That's revival. That's, that's supernatural healing. God can mend a marriage back together. God can mend relationships back together. Can remember not having my father in my life. Oh man, but when I met Jesus and he showed me my heavenly father, within a year I can remember my dad coming to hear me preach the very first time. And him coming to that altar, giving his heart to the Lord. Amen. Why? Because I understood. I didn't need a physical father. Yet God restore. If you restore your relationship with Christ tonight, can I tell you from personal experience, God will use you. He will use you. I'm thankful that my father's been saved all these years now. But if I never would have, if I never would have used my brokenness to see, I would not be here with the relationship with God. How about being 15 years old? I can remember being addicted to pornography. Like not just a little bit. Like being so addicted that I can remember coming home from school. And it was almost like a drug. Needing to go to the back of the house. Get on that computer. And look up pornographic. I can remember that. But there was a moment that it clicked in my mind, Pastor Scott. And there was a moment that God used that. Not to draw me away from him. But he used it and said, Robbie, you're broken. How about you let me show you that I can be the addiction breaker. Amen. You'll never know him to be an addiction breaker. Unless you allow him to see that brokenness in you. Can remember, I'll tell you how jacked up my life was. Hallelujah. Can remember four to 16 years old being in speech therapy classes, not just in elementary school, not just in middle school, not just in high school, literally just people making fun of me because I could not talk with them. I'd stutter, stammer. It was never horrible, but still enough. God, why am I different? Why is, why is my speech broken? And listen, probably the biggest struggle that I've had in my life 
is that is that stutter was that brokenness for those 16 years. Amen. But I can remember being in a service just like this and saying, God, if you can really be a healer for me, here's an open wound. God, you made me this way. And if you made me this way to put me to push me to you, God, God, I'll let you do surgery on me. God, I'll let you stitch it back together. And I can remember that July 14, 2009 night like it was yesterday. A crowd of 700 other young people. And I lift up my hands and said, God, I'm so broken. God, my heart is broken. My family is broken. My mind is broken. God, my thoughts are broken. God, I can't love because I'm broken. God, I'm so angry because I'm broken. And you may say, Robbie, there's no way that you were that way. I was. Oh, I was shy because I was broken. I had no power because I was broken. Oh, all these things came to a surface and I said, God, if you can fix my brokenness, I'll give you one more chance. And there in that altar with nobody laying hands on me, I felt God come in all with those stitches, with that needle and say, give me a little more. Don't just give me half your heart. Don't just give me a fourth of your heart, but let me do the finished work. Let me do the complete work. And there I was. God saved me. God baptized me in the Holy Ghost. I can remember being slain in that altar for over two hours. And God saying, I've healed you. I've touched you. I've given you that power. Now go preach my gospel. How, God, can you take a broken man? Oh, that has so many deficiencies. How can you take him and tell him he's going to preach? Oh, after I got up off that floor, can I tell you there was no stutter? There was no insecurity. It was, it was almost like I shifted on a dime. I went back to my school that next, that, uh, that was in the summer, that next fall. Brother Russ and I can remember going to friends that, that had heard me stutter my entire life. I can remember bringing van loads of my friends to church. Listen, how did it happen? What happened? Amen. I made my brokenness vulnerable to, uh, vulnerable to God and he fixed it and he put it back together and he used it for his glory. I'm almost done. Mallory, if you want to play something softly. Can you just like tune in here for five more minutes? You know, the purpose of the brokenness is not necessarily so you can be healed. I want that to sink in. I want that to sink in. If you want to write down anything, you write down that right there. The purpose of the brokenness, Lillian, is not just so we can be healed. But it is to give you a new revelation of who Jesus is. There's a, there's a few people that I think of. Does anybody know who Isaiah is? Kyle was proclaiming the holiness of the Lord. You don't know where we get that at? Isaiah chapter 6. Listen to me. Look at me. In the year that King Uzziah died... He was broken. It wasn't when King Uzziah was whole. In the, he had never had a vision like that, Chandler, until there was brokenness. Oh, my God. And when, he, and when the nation was broken, he looked up to heaven and could see a fresh revelation. He saw the train of God's, of God's robe fill the temple. Hallelujah. Why? He never would have got there unless he would have been broken. How about Daniel? 
Daniel was in Babylonian captivity. Daniel didn't have a vision before he went into captivity of the Son of Man. Hear me. He was in chains. He didn't, he didn't have his, his nation was broken. He was broken. But in his brokenness, he looked up and saw the Son of Man seated on his throne. It was Jesus. And he says that he saw the fire in his eyes. He saw his feet, his brass. If it wasn't for that brokenness. How about Saul on the road to Damascus? He was spiritually broken. Man, there's some spiritually broken people in the house right now. He was killing Christians because he was a religious zealot. He was not a Christian. He was a Jew. He said he didn't believe in Jesus. But in his spiritual brokenness, oh God, he was walking on a road to Damascus to go kill more people. But the Bible says Jesus shows up and he says, why do you do this Saul?" Maybe, maybe my favorite one and the last one. What about John the Beloved? John the Apostle. Literally on an island, stranded by himself. You hear me? That's like some people's worst nightmare. Crash land, be on an island by themselves. That'd be horrible. That's what John had to live through. Think about John. John was the beloved. If anybody knew who Jesus was, it was John, the one who lay physically. He felt Jesus. He saw his nail scarred hands. He laid his head back on his chest and felt him breathe. Could you imagine that? But here was a broken man in chains on an island. But in his brokenness, the Bible says he got in the spirit on the Lord's day. And the Bible says that he begins to hear the voice behind him as the sound of many waters, Isaac. And he hears that voice. And he says, that voice sounds familiar. And the Bible says he looks around and he sees Jesus in a way he had never seen him before. Fire in his eyes. Hair white as wool with a sword in one hand, with stars, the Bible says, in another hand, the Bible says he had a robe on that was white, he had a sash of gold on, and the Bible says out of his mouth came the Word of God. You may say, Brother Robbie, I've never seen the train of God's temple, uh, his robe fill the temple, and I've never had a vision like Daniel, I've never had an encounter on Damascus, oh, like Saul did I've never been on an island and saw but you can but it's gonna take you being broken and saying God it's worth it to know you to know you Jesus to know you Jesus the fascinating part as we all stand let's all stand don't be looking around though don't be getting back on your phone I want you to pay attention right here the interesting part is all four of those cases Kyle their circumstance didn't change once they had the fresh revelation of who Jesus was. You didn't hear that. Oh, I see God's glory, Mallory. So now, so now my environment has to change. That's not what the Bible says. 
The Bible says they, they had the revelation of Jesus. And they still had to be bound. And they were still on an island. And Saul still had to run from Pharisees now that wanted to kill him. And Daniel is still in captivity to the Babylonians. And now, and now you have all Isaiah. King Uzziah is not going to be resurrected from the dead. It's not going to change. Listen. Seeing Jesus in a new way doesn't change what you're going through, but it gives you the strength to walk through it, to walk through it in power and glory and presence. Someone lift up your brokenness to God. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lift up your brokenness to God. He wants to give you a fresh revelation of himself. Will you let him? Will you let him? Will you let him tonight? There's a miracle in the broken. There's a miracle of the broken. And it's fresh revelation of who Jesus is. I dare you to call upon him tonight. I dare you ask him to heal you tonight. I dare you say, God, you may not fix me, but if I can see the fire in your eyes, God, then I can get through this. God, if I got to wait, God, if you heal me now or if you heal me next week, God, just show me freshly who you are. Jesus, we need you. We need you. We need fresh revelation of you. Come on, if that's your heart, if God is stirring something on the inside of you, I want you to come to this altar. I want you to come with those hands lifted. I don't want you to kneel down just yet, but I want you to say, God, God, if this is what it takes, God, to bring my brokenness unto you, Revealed, God, do it in me, do it in me, do it in me. Oh, He's worthy, He's worthy of your brokenness, He's worthy. The word of the Lord says in Psalm 51 the acceptable sacrifice of the Lord is those with a broken heart and a broken and contrite spirit. If you bring your brokenness to God, God is not going to turn you away. Come on, come on, cry out. Cry out in your brokenness. Cry out in your brokenness. If you start praying and you get tired, you're welcome to kneel down. Pour your brokenness out on him. Oh, God, we want a Jesus revival. But it's going to take the miracle of the broken. God, we want Jesus healings. But it's going to take the miracle of the broken. Oh, God, Jesus, we want you oh, to do the supernatural. But it's only going to be through our brokenness. Come on, come on, let him stitch you up. Oh, let him perform surgery. He's a good God. He knows what's best for you. He knows where you're at. Let him reveal Jesus. Let him reveal Jesus. Go ahead, worship team. Go ahead, worship team. Come on. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.